Good morning, Hillcrest family. My name is David. I love being one of the pastors around here. I'm sorry I can't join you in person this morning. Uh, we've had an arrival, uh, a new arrival in the Bartosic family, which we, uh, we get to celebrate. Uh, but as we begin uh, this year, something that I love that we do at the beginning of every year, we want to remind ourselves on, on the mission of who we are as a community and, and the reasons we exist. So today is going to be a Vision Sunday. And, uh, and you're going to get to hear from five of our el- from, from our elders about five values that we hope increasingly permeate a- and distinguish who we are as a church family. But before we get there, I, I want to do a brief look back at 2020 and God's faithfulness in the midst of, of a fairly turbulent, uh, tumultuous, unexpected, uh, unprecedented year. And, and it centers around the three... Uh, objectives that we had set, that, that we wanted to deprofessionalize ministry, that we wanted to refresh our, our digital and physical space, and, and that we wanted to clarify uh, the mission, vision, and, and the way we accomplish ministry around here at Hillcrest. And so uh, 2020 started uh, with us exploring uh, looking for a student ministry pastor. So in terms of deprofessionalizing ministry, we began looking for a student ministry pastor who shared a value of equipping the saints and releasing people. And we got a real glimpse of doing that when our campus closed and we went virtual for everything in March. But the church didn't stop going forward. Instead, we continued to be the church Monday to Saturday in our spheres of influences. And so for us, deprofessionalizing ministry just got a whole lot more real when the campus closed and we were still being the church in our spheres of influence. Uh, And exciting to see Tyler now join our team and going forward with our new student ministry pastor and the way he invests in our students, partners with parents, and collaborates and equips leaders. Uh, second, we, we had an accelerated view of our digital and physical refresh. We took advantage. While the campus was closed, we refreshed the lobby um, and utilized resources from last year's budget uh, so that we weren't uh, going into the 2020-2021 budget. And, uh, and through your generosity and God's continued faithfulness, we saw that physical refresh to be a welcoming space when people walked on our campus into our lobby. Uh, and, and we also uh, began live streaming, which was new for us. Uh, something that, you know, in the back of your mind, you think's good for you that may be even watching this at home. We are thankful that we've stepped into this, uh, this digital world. Uh, when March and COVID hit, we were simulcasting our service. We would record on Thursday and it would be played on Sunday. Now, uh, through some technology and us trying to move forward in a, uh, a digital refresh. Uh, it's cool to see that um, through some equipment, some hardware, some personnel, that we get to live stream our services and continue to go forward. And then seeing a clarified mission and vision on why we exist as a community, that we want to be a people helping people find life with Jesus one life at a time. If you remember, uh, we, we had previously said we are about glorifying God by making disciples of all nations. And, and that is still true of who we are as a community. But we felt like we needed to have uh, some language that, that would be understandable for anyone of any age and clarify what we mean by discipleship. And it felt like all nations uh, limited us to globally and didn't include us as fully as we think when we think local, our heart for local. Um, and so, so the language 
We want to be a people helping people find life with Jesus one life at a time. And, and so the language that we felt that, that epitomizes our heart for, for what we hope we're stepping into centers around three lifestyles that we want to follow Jesus, build community, and seek transformation in our homes neighborhoods and world and towards that vision of becoming that community that embodies those three values uh, or those three lifestyles we felt there were five distinctives five values that 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 made hillcrest distinct in our pursuit uh, of those lifestyles and so uh, join me from hearing from our elders as we unpack those five values that we hope permeate the life of Hillcrest. Those five values, we, we believe there's more joy in Jesus than anything else this life has to offer. We believe there's joy in Jesus. And we believe God has primarily revealed himself through his word, that we want to be a community that's biblically saturated. And we want to care for other people, not just through stuff, but actually in relationship. We think God has uniquely wired us for relationship. And so a value we want to permeate us as a church family, we want to be generous in our relationships. And in being generous in our relationships, we think there's an intentionality that accompanies that. That we want to intentionally apprentice others, both those that have yet to treasure Jesus as well as having someone in our life that helps us experience more of Jesus. We want to value intentional apprenticeship and give our faith away to the next generation. We want to be slanted towards the, towards the next generation, and we want to invite others through this intentional apprenticeship. And, and we believe some water, some plant, but here's our conviction. God gives the growth. If he who labors, labors in vain, because it's the Lord who builds the house. And so we want to pray with desperate dependence. That one of the values we hope permeates Hillcrest is a desperate and dependent prayer life. And so join with me as I pray. And we get to hear throughout our service from our elders share a little bit more personally about those five values that we hope uh, capture us as a community. So pray with me. God, you're so good. We want to live desperate and dependent lives of prayer on you. And so even now, uh, reveal yourself more fully as we as a community want to go forward uh, in 2021 with, with reckless abandonment, living for you in the, in the midst of sometimes a skeptical and hostile world. We want to find life with you, Jesus. And so fill us with your spirit this morning. And may, may we hear with clarity our elders speak about these values that we want to permeate our community. Thank you, Jesus, for your glory, we pray. Amen. Good morning. I'm Bob Capes. I'm one of the elders. In fact, I'm the elder elder. These uh, words that David talked about are values are um, so important. They're the, they're the in-depth, heartfelt, um, conscious thoughts of what makes our church what it is. And I know he stated them, but I want to repeat it again. I don't think we can ever hear them enough. The values are more joy in Jesus to be biblically saturated, to be generous in our relationships, 
to have intentional apprenticeship and desperate independent prayer. So my, uh, the one I'm going to present is Joy in Jesus. In November of uh, 2019, the uh, elders met together at a retreat. And during that retreat, we all began to focus on what and who are, is Hillcrest Bible Church. And what we came up with was these core values that when expressed fully in our community, in our homes, in our jobs, can lead other people to accepting Christ as Lord and personal Savior. Some of the words that we came up with when we had our leaders uh, conference, that was in November of this last year, for joy in Jesus were overflowing, dependence, in all circumstances, hope, gratitude, treasure, peace, and satisfaction. I know in my own life I've experienced a lot of physical difficulties. My sister and I both uh, contracted polio uh, before the Salk uh, vaccines came in, and she was crippled. Um, some say I was crippled in my brain. Uh, I just had a general weakness in thinking and all that. Um, but somehow, some way, God always saw me through these difficulties. I uh, contracted a, a virus. It was called the B. Coxsackie virus, and it attacked my heart. And I started having problems, and I was diagnosed with um, cardiomyopathy, which basically means dying heart. Well, that was in 1995. Guess what? I'm still here. I also contracted um, cancer um, in my prostate. I went through that surgery, um, no problems. And, you know, it seems like every five years or so, the good Lord sends something to me um, that, you know, you first look at and think, Oh, crud, something else? So in 2010, I was diagnosed with double kidney cancer. And after surgery, I ended up having a half kidney. So for 10 going on 11 years, I'm here with half a kidney. Now, in 2012, I started having difficulties with my voice. I think basically God was telling me, you need to learn to shut up <laughs> and listen more. So, you know, I was diagnosed with uh, ALS, 
which of course is not true because 10 years later, guess what? I'm still here. Now, in all of these things, it would have been easy, I think, to start saying, why me? Why do I have to go through all of these? Well, I never asked that question, honestly. What I basically said was, why not me? So in all these situations, I learned to have joy in Jesus. Anyone who has Christ as Lord and Savior has joy in Jesus. So no matter what happens, no matter what happens, we can have joy in Jesus because we know, for one thing, where we're going in eternity. Isn't that true? We know where we're going. So, you know, horizontally speaking, here on earth, we can have a lot of troubles. But if we're connected vertically to God, our Savior, how can we not have joy? So when, in whatever you do, wherever you are, that joy can be expressed to other people. And in doing so, we can bring others to know the Lord. Take care and remember joy in Jesus. Now Larry's going to speak next, and I'll turn the podium over to him. Thank you all. Good morning. My name is Larry Alm. I, as Bob said, another of the elders here. I want to start off wishing you all a happy and joyous new year. I get to talk about the value of biblically saturated, and I think that that is, has always been, it's an enduring value in this church. After all, we're here, Hillcrest Bible Church. And um, I want to go back to a personal story from 17, 18 years ago. I made a misstep that could have hurt the unity of the church. And Pastor Scott, who was the founding pastor, knew that a correction was needed. And uh, so he asked me to speak with him privately. And he didn't admonish me, he didn't criticize me, he didn't lecture me or scold me. He simply asked, Larry, where in the Bible can you find the justification for what you've done? And I think that that is such a great illustration of being biblically saturated. The problem had to be addressed by looking at the scripture. Can you support what you've done or not? Um, our summary statement for biblically saturated is that God's word is our guide, authority, and conscience 
in every issue of life and ministry. As Bob mentioned, we had that meeting on November 9th where we asked ministry leaders uh, to, to discuss these values with us and to give us their ideas on what these values meant to them. And we used post-it notes, put them up on posters, and afterwards I was able to go through, categorize them, pick out the ones that um, were most meaningful. What I found was the most repeated idea for biblical saturation was expository preaching. And, uh, and we're, we're experiencing that uh, steadily. We went through the whole book of Ephesians, uh, sometimes one verse. Uh, we're in 1 Peter now. Sometimes we talk about just one verse, two, three, sometimes seven, eight, nine, ten verses. But we let the text speak to us rather than trying to find a text that supports the idea we want to put across. We go through a book and let the text speak. And I want to give a shout out to um, some ministries here, um, Ladies Bible Studies, Michelle, um, you're building on that idea of biblical saturation. Dave Broom's uh, Saturday morning Bible study with the Joy Connect group. Uh, I know that there are other Bible studies that, that go on in, in homes and, and have been going on for a long time. And so all of that is supporting. This is a, this is a group of people who really want to be challenged by the scriptures, and I appreciate that. Some of the other ideas that showed up on those post-it notes uh, to describe this idea of biblical saturation. Full counsel of God, truth, wisdom, guidance, boundaries, standards, and finality. And as I studied those post-it notes, I found an interesting uh, progression that, that came from three different people. Um, and basically, to summarize it, being biblically saturated leads to increased understanding of what's in the Bible, which then leads to increased application. As we understand it, we apply it to our lives. And that finally leads to thinking biblically about everything. And that takes me right back to that, that story of being uh, challenged by Scott. He used the Bible rather than criticism. And I want to leave you with another story. It has to do with the verse Psalm 127.1, which is in your notes, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. And this story is about the history of the importance of that verse here. When Pastor Eric Vanderplow left, um, it meant that the elder board had to pretty much direct itself. And, um, and we were concerned. Five men with differing viewpoints, with uh, strong viewpoints in some cases, a, a pastor search to do. And we knew that we needed something to really... Uh, 
really direct us, really keep our minds focused. And the Holy Spirit led us to that verse. And so throughout that time of getting ready for a pastor search, going through the pastor search, and sins, that verse was at the top of our printed agendas. And there were times, especially during the pastor search, where all of a sudden it was Larry, Paul, Brian, Dean, Bob, not the Holy Spirit. And we had to refocus. We had to go back. When we found we were becoming disunified, that we had to go back to unless the Lord builds the house. And then doing that, would, of course, we would go to that second value of desperate and dependent prayer. And so I think that points out that biblical saturation can be just one verse properly applied. I'd like to invite our singers to come back up. And again, I want to thank this body of believers for being uh, so uh, willing to be led by the scriptures, to be challenged, to grow, and to learn together. Thank you so much. Please stand. I'm Brian Stefano, one of the other elders, uh, and I want to talk about generous relationships. Now, we've heard this countless times before. It sometimes comes across as a cliche, but we really want to truly believe this, that it is better to give than to receive. Uh, we want to share Jesus with those who have yet to see him and know him. And we want to partner authentically with those that are growing in him. You know, I've grown up in a Christian family most of my life and was a Christian at a young age, and it's so exciting getting deep into the world and word and knowing more about God that sometimes I find myself, I focus so much on the vertical, going deep into God's word, that we often put less emphasis or even forget the horizontal relationship. We focus so much on the vertical that we forget that there's a lost world around us, a world in need of a savior. And we have this gift that God has given us, this eternity with him. And we have a world dying around us that doesn't know him and is in need of a savior. And so it's really convicting for me not to always focus on the vertical, but that to remember the horizontal. And Jesus gave us a great example prior to his death when he washed his disciples' feet. You see, Jesus' whole life was turning the paradigm upside down. And it was so unusual, atypical for the teacher, the master, to wash the disciples' feet. That was the job of a servant. But in John 13, verse 14 through 16, we read that Jesus says to his disciples, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Jesus calls us to be a servant to share Jesus with those who have yet to know him and partner authentically with those that are growing in him. You know, it's very easy to lose sight of this calling when we often put programs over people. You know, programs aren't a bad thing, but they're not the only thing. People are what matter. Programs should not be the priority. Programs are the tool to build relationships. The other thing is that 
We want authentic relationships. We want to get to know people, not as a arrogance of what we know that you need to come along with us, but that we need to be humble and, and humble servants to share this message of Christ. And that people aren't projects. People aren't projects. This is a relationship that's authentic, that we want to get to know people, not with a certain purpose in mind, but just to love on people as Christ did. You know, one of the things I find with generous relationships is that the adjective we struggle with, this adjective, but generous is such a perfect adjective for our relationships. You see, in this world, at least for me, when I look at my life and work and family and with COVID and homeschooling, all this stuff that we have pulling us apart, the one commodity that I find is the most precious to me right now is time. It's easy for me to be generous with my finances. It's easy to be generous with my possessions. But when it comes to my time, I want to hold on to that tightly. And the thing with relationships is relationships take time. And we need to be generous just as Christ was generous with us in his relationship with his disciples and with us, we want to be generous with our relationships with others. Authentic, generous relationships. And as we were uh, looking through these different um, values, trying to define exactly how to put those in just as few a words as possible. Intentional apprenticeship is one of those terms that came out. And as a woodworker, um, that term really connected well for me. See, growth in Christ never ends. We must be forever learning and growing from our master. Simultaneously, we must be always looking to guide our kids and others around us who are yet to love Christ and cherish these same values. So again, looking at that term, intentional apprenticeship, in earlier times, the trades um, recognized three levels of skills. There was, of course, the master who was the most skilled, the expert. Below the master was a skill level referred to as the journeyman. These were individuals with highly varying skill sets, but still learning the trade. The journeyman was actually responsible for much of the daily work under that master but they still needed to be learning. They still needed to be consulting with the master on a daily basis. They also bore increasing responsibility of sharing those, skill, those skills that they had learned with others. And the least of those three uh, trades levels was the apprentice. The apprentice was far less skilled, but still of critical value to the master. Without the apprentice, that master's skills would be lost to future generations. So within my shop, as a woodworking uh, business, we have individuals at all skills level, and both Matt's, my son-in-law, and I enjoy more than anything seeing those skills grow within the individuals that are in our shop. For me, intentional apprenticeship merges those concepts of personal growth with an evangelistic emphasis. We have but one master, a master of infinite knowledge, of infinite skill and fully available to us through both his written word and through communion with him in prayer. Personal growth is important, but growth without consideration of those around us sounds a lot like the unfruitful branch that needs to be trimmed and tossed into the fire. Or our children sing it in another 
sing that same concept through another Bible verse. Hide it under a bushel? No. I'm going to let it shine. We as believers are his journeymen and must, through our life, continue to strive to better know our master and better practice those skills that he has taught us. Not all of us are at that same level, but all of us are assigned good work by the master, and we need to do it, strive to do it to our best. In particular, one of those things our master has emphasized to us is the importance of reaching those around us. He wishes our lives to be intentional and intentional in thinking about those with us. Not all of us will um, grow the same pace. Not all of us grow in that same way. But we look be, need to be looking to be growing beyond just ourselves. We should be looking at those ways that we can guide those around us. Our children in particular are of great importance to here at Hillcrest but also our neighbor, the new believer around us. To the extent we follow our master, that good work will be evident in our lives and those around us will see it. Both our youth of our own family and our neighbors around us should see our master's skills in us and we should welcome and encourage the engagement of apprentices around us in their faith. Intentional apprenticeship is both looking to grow yourself and looking to be an encouragement of those following you in the faith. And finally, for the last value that we wanted to share, we have a video of uh, Dean Jensen, uh, the last of our elders that'll be coming here. Hello, uh, my name is Dean Jensen. I'm an elder here at Hillcrest and welcome to my home. Uh, sorry I can't be there with you today. As some of you know, my wife Lisa had a neck surgery a couple weeks back. And uh, praise the Lord is recovering. It's a long road to recovery and her immune system is very weak. So I self-quarantine as much as possible. And so I don't bring any gift like COVID home uh, to her. And it certainly isn't easy and being separate from uh, the church family. But I know everyone else has gone through similar struggles and maybe different struggles too. It's, it's, it's hard times out there. What gets us through, and I hope you through, is prayer. And what a beautiful thing is I get to do today is talk to you about prayer as one of the core values of Hillcrest. Um, and when I talk about prayer, what I want to emphasize is how foundational it is. Um, also that there's no formula except a desperate and dependent heart. And then third thing I want to look at is the greater work, which is prayer, that Christians get to do. So from a foundational aspect, what I mean there is it, it's the foundation of the other values that the elders discussed all have the foundation of prayer. Without them, they're going to crumble on their own. Um, with prayer, they're going to continue to strengthen, and they also tie together, and they portray a beautiful picture of what Hillcrest wants to be. But that foundation is prayer. Um, and you see that in the Bible, too, in John 15, 5 through 8. Um, Jesus talks about the vine. And now he is the vine, and we are to be abiding in him, and he's in us, and we produce fruit. Uh, when we're together like that, we are open to ask God for whatever it is that we want and need to further his will as that vine and to produce fruit. So it's foundational um, prayer, and we need to continue to raise that up at Hillcrest. If you talk to Christians and ask them, hey, how did you do that? What, I see this great fruit. How did you do it? 
chances are what you're going to hear is it was answered prayer. Because that's what people, that's what the Christians will, that's what we do, uh, constantly pray uh, for those things, to stay connected to God through that vine. There isn't any words that are structure uh, to prayer. What it is, is a desperate and dependent heart. Old Testament, New Testament, prayer is, is many, many examples out there. And that's the common thread, is that desperation and dependency on God that opens up that relationship. It isn't the word, so don't worry about when you're praying. And sometimes I find myself doing this. Oh, did I say the right thing? Oh, my mind wandered. Um, did I ask for the right thing? Um, oh, I'm not bothering God. You can, none of those count. Um, what counts is that heart. That opens the door to prayer where you get to commune with God and get to know him more and strengthen your vine and get that fruit, strengthen the fruit. It's beautiful. Looking at the greater work of prayer, so it's foundational. Don't get worried about a formula. Just come with the right heart. It's really the greater work that we get to do as Christians. And Oswald Chamber, a gentleman back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, stated, I think, very well. He said, prayer does not fit us for the greater work, but prayer is the greater work because we can do nothing without God's help and power. We are dependent on him, and the greater work of prayer is essential for advancing his kingdom, plans, and his purposes. We need him to be fruitful. I added the last part about fruitful. Um, and that's the greater work that we get to do is we pray. That's the greater work is praying to God uh, to further his plans, further his kingdom. And when we don't pray, chances are what we're starting to do is depend on ourselves, thinking that we can do it without him. And that isn't how, um, how that works. How that works is we're desperate and dependent on Him. But prayer is work. Um, it's work because we need to sacrifice some time uh, in prayer. You need to be faithful. If You have to have faith. If you don't have faith, prayer is going to be empty. Now you have to have discipline. Discipline, again, not in the words and the structure. Discipline in that heart. Because the heart's going to, it's going to want to be independent. Uh, but it's not. We're so dependent on Him and so desperate for a relationship. And this is nothing new for Hillcrest. Um, we had a leadership meeting a couple of weeks back, maybe a couple of months back now, and we asked them about these values and had them put one, two, three words down to explain how they would see that. And some of the words that they came up with were, it's a way of life, um, it's intentional, it's focused, spontaneous, desperate and dependent. That came out of that meeting. Um, and then that's how we wrapped up this value, or put a wrapper around this value. It's corporate, church-wide communication. So it's not just individuals. We are a praying church. The greater work, how cool is that? Uh, so in some ways, desperate, dependent prayer. It's the work of Christians, and it's the work of our church. So thank you for uh, this time I had to talk to you about prayer. Uh, may it seep into everything that we do. And I really look forward to seeing you again. Um, in the not-too-distant future. So. so as we end our service today, uh, we said goodbye to 2020, and we are looking ahead to God's gifts for 2021. And, and come what May in 2021, we continue to trust God's faithfulness and what He's going to bring our way. I hope you enjoyed hearing our values, our shared convictions, things that we would be willing to die for, that there's more joy in Jesus 
that we want to be a biblically saturated community, that we care about generous relationships, intentional apprenticeship, and we want to pray with desperate dependence for God to work in our world. So this year, as we look ahead to 2021, uh, Casey and I are excited for what the year is going to look like. And we hope you get a chance to embrace generous relationships this year. Jump into a life group to experience life in community or, or any other one of our ministries around here. We would love you to experience generous relationships that we think permeate Hillcrest. And, and stay tuned because we are refreshing our auditorium and digital space. So for those watching at home, we're looking forward to continuing to elevate the quality of our digital space. And for us worshiping collectively in our auditorium, we are looking forward to refreshing our space. At the end of the day, it's a building, but we want to have that joy in Jesus permeate everything we do in all our actions. So uh, may God bless you and keep you. And, uh, and we cannot wait to see you next Sunday. May you have as peaceful of week as that little one. Have a great week. <laughs>